Welcome to the Vince Vonathon. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And I have a question for you, Taylor. All right, let's hear it, Patrick. Pancakes or waffles? Okay, not the question that I thought you were going to ask. I knew you would not. Um, pancakes. I think I used to be a waffles person pretty fiercely. Um, Eggos, I ate them every morning. But in recent years, it's been pancakes. Although French toast over both of those. Okay, so all right, I'm confused. You did a lot of pancake waffle. Okay, go one, two, three with French toast. Okay, one French toast, two pancakes, three waffles. Okay, why? Because I used to not like pancakes because I didn't like the way my mom made them. No offense, mom. <laughs> um, but then one of our most dedicated listeners. Yeah, but then when I um, moved on from living with my mom and she was my only source of pancakes, I decided to give them another go. And I realized that there's a whole delicious pancake world out there. Um, so they they quickly got bumped up to number two. But French toast has always been my number one and always will be. Um, I. Is there just like a disinterest in waffles? Like waffles number three seems kind of offensive. No, I mean, I, I eat Eggos every single morning forever. Like I will live and die for Eggos. Like it, really, if we're doing it, it would be like French toast, Eggos, pancakes, wa- other waffles. Like I'm thinking like continental breakfast waffles that you make with like a uh, thing. Like batter. Yeah, I never like the batter. And they're always, they're never fluffy enough and they're never like soft enough. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's hard for me to find a good like waffle that's like made like i just i'd always rather choose something else waffle house um i like waffle house but i don't know they're they're a little i don't like their syrup and that ruins it i I don't know i mean like it's like it listen it's french toast eggos specifically the blueberry kind um pancakes (laughs) Other homemade waffles. <laughs> it gets bigger and bigger every time. Specifically the blueberry yeah. And then I'll take the chocolate chips. And then... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's the reason that I'm lumping um, Waffle House into the generic waffles place. Because do I think that Waffle House nails their texture? I do. I really do. But I hate their flavors. They just throw them on top. And I love, like, a blueberry. I love a... I mean, really blueberry. And I don't like their blueberry flavor either. So... I ask, of course, because this week's movie, Unfinished Business from 2015, has a character whose name is Mike Pancake. And believe it or not, that's not even the laziest joke in the entire movie. But first, we have a special guest, another one. Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, first, I want you to weigh in on this pancakes, waffles, French toast thing, and then I want you to tell uh, the people at home about yourself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw another contender into the ring. Ooh, uh, let's hear it. I'm a crepe guy. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> so I took French. I took French for like nine years. So she's better than me. No, that's not what I'm saying. But when I was taking it in like middle and high school, like when I moved on to college French, obviously we didn't didn't do anything fun. But when I took like middle school and high school French twice a year 
we would have crepe making competitions in our classroom and we used like you know we i'd be like the third period of the day that to use this crepe batter and like we made it on like bunsen burners with a pan <laughs> essentially like single single um what are they called uh whatever but yeah so that kind of ruined crepes for me but i, I want to love them those crepes sound pretty crap. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Uh, yeah, the funniest um, joke I've heard in the past 24 hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, It's not hard. If he was called Mike Crap, it might have been funnier. Honestly, uh, maybe. But I don't think it would have landed with the American audience quite as much. Not. <laughs> so what is, your, what is your ranking with crepes in the mix? You know what? It's hard. I'm, uh, in case my accent hasn't given it away. I am a, a citizen of the UK, um, and waffles and pancakes and French toast, it's its a whole different world. Over oh, here. so you have crepes, but you don't have French toast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> also, can I just That was say- the most accusatory thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I appreciate that you say crepes because people in America say crepes, but mm. I had never heard, this is like a genuine thing, I had never heard of crepes before until i took french so i learned the word for the very first time as crepes mm. and no one in america says it and i i'm always like i like crumble a little bit in my like soul when people are like can i have a crepe and then i'm like Ugh. um so i appreciate that that the english say crap oh, thank you I, well i'm glad i i specified that i was from the uk in case people thought my pronunciation of crap meant i was french um <laughs> very silly uh i love a good crepe um but yes uh pan- I, I do like an american style pancake there's an american diner near my hometown that does really nice american style pancakes uh french toast is something i do if i'm if i have like time and i'm like let's be fun in the kitchen <laughs> um and then waffles are like i guess maybe they very rarely a waffle rarely enters my orbit. Fair enough. They entered my orbit a lot more when I had egos in my freezer and I needed a breakfast for school every morning, which I don't anymore. So I'm not entirely sure what an ego is. Oh, I should explain oh this. Gosh. Ego <laughs> Lego my ego. Um Ego is a brand. It's just shitty like like toaster waffles. Yeah, oh they're gosh. just they're just toaster waffles, but I my like I just like loved them as a kid, and my mom still buys a giant like four hundred no not four hundred I'm exaggerating but a giant Costco it's box. like ten yeah no <laughs> she she gets a Costco box it's probably like forty um and I don't know why I said four hundred I, I was just feeling. Like, I don't know. But anyways. for 10 years. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm serious. Like, she buys them every time I come home, and then I, I eat, like, four. And then I have, like, an entire box left over for the next time I go. So those – those the Eggos in my freezer have probably been there a suspicious amount of time. But the real thing, which this is going to reach a very niche audience, if no one at all, um, my favorite Eggo that they discontinued and made it very hard to get even when they were around were Banana Nut Eggos. Did you ever eat Banana Nut Eggos? Yes. I loved them, but blueberry is like my tried and true because you can find them everywhere. Okay, this has gone on way longer than I thought it was going. To. I'm I'm really into it. Have you guys thought about like doing a breakfast podcast? <laughs> Honestly, I would. Patrick, yeah. what is your ranking? You haven't even said yours. <laughs> I could be here all day. Okay, okay. Um, I 
I'm putting French toast last. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm sorry, but like it's just it just ain't right. Um and then What don't you like about French toast? I need to hear you talk about it cuz it's clearly superior. It's it's I don't, I don't know. It's just it it's not the same. It's no buttered toast. It, it, yeah. It's just some something about it. I mean, it's the egg is obviously the difference, right? I I don't know. It's just it just ain't the same. And uh, I don't know if I've ever had a crepe or a crepe or whatever. So you have. We've gotten them at Sophie's Crepes. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's fourth. Uh, French toast three. Um, second pancakes one waffles. But that that one and two like they can they can swap out depending on the day. Like Waffle House waffles are the shit. Um, but then you get a good pancake. I, you know, I don't know. That's a it's a close race one and two. The point is, <laughs> unfinished business. <laughs> unfinished business. This is a movie, Jack, that um, I I sort of, I don't want to say made you do on the show, but you, you made the mistake of bringing it up. <laughs> and I was like, it's yours now. Yay. Um, tell me a little bit about your backstory with unfinished business before we talk about it. So in late 2014, I started working in uh, film marketing for a marketing agency. And one of our clients was the great 20th Century Fox. And this was one of the films on their upcoming roster. And as it was a film that nobody cared about, they gave it to me to work (laughs) upon. (laughs) Along with Taken Free. Um, oh God, that movie's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what a lineup they had for early 2015, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, really. Um, and so, unfortunately, like I don't have anything really interesting to tell you from like the marketing perspective, other than like nobody really gave much interest in this movie. Um, we kind of got away with like doing very little on it. Uh, I remember. It having some of the laziest marketing I've ever seen um, to the point where we put out posters with the wrong font on them. Um, <laughs> Just nobody ever cared. Nobody cared. And then the, Could you they imagine had, like, it was like Comic Sans, which was like the placeholder? <laughs> I mean, I think it was Ariel. Oh my like, god. <laughs> <laughs> That's somehow worse in the marketing world. <laughs> I do arts marketing, and so I think it's funny, like, to hear you talk candidly about how, like, uneventful something can be, because sometimes people will be like, it must be amazing to, like, work where you work, like, so glamorous, like, you go and blah, 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 and I'm like, yeah, sometimes a show just, like, doesn't sell, and Mm. it's just pretty uneventful, and so I feel that. Yeah, that's that's definitely the best way to describe unfinished business, uneventful. (laughs) Um, I remember one of the trailers we had to put out was all set to the Lonely Islands Like a Boss. Oh my god. Iconic. Which, yeah, great song. (laughs) But you're getting laughs from a comedy song while trying to advertise your comedy movie. So instead of putting any jokes from the movie in it. Not funny as it, like, that's so ironically funny. Like, I'm not not saying, wow, what a great choice. I'm saying, like, that's hysterical that that happened. It's 
I don't think I've ever seen anyone be so brazen in the idea of like, I know what we'll do. We'll take something that's already funny and add it to this thing that's supposedly funny to make it look funny. Now, was this, I'm assuming that you worked for this firm in the UK. Yes, this is the UK and marketing. So was were you guys marketing like the UK release or Yes, the UK you... release. Okay, Amazing gotcha, this gotcha. film didn't go straight to DVD in the UK. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's that's really interesting to me. I think that this is like um uh this is interesting because we've been talking so much about like um how how many more comedies can this guy make? Um you know, it's getting it's getting sort of overwhelming that they're still going this is like one of the last ones right i think this is pretty much the last one Um, i didn't even realize it was going to be a comedy like when it very first started i was like oh you can start seeing the tonal shift a little bit and then i was like no you can't (laughs) yeah i mean i think that this is pretty much it i mean we we skipped over the christmas movies so so like we will be coming back to some comedies Mm. um i guess you could argue like freaky is like a horror comedy but it's very much more horror than comedy i would argue it's both but you know i think the thing is like this we've been we've been saying it for like two months now the death of the american comedy right (laughs) But you can see that when it arrives in the UK to absolutely no fanfare whatsoever and nobody cares and nobody cares that nobody cares. I mean, that... this arrived in the US to absolutely no fanfare. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's just how it was, right? I mean, like, these studio comedies, it's over now. This is it. Dead on arrival. And then you watch Unfinished Business and you go like, yeah, I can kind of, I kind of see why. This, this is... Is this like his lowest grossing wide release? Like, Ooh, I'd have to check. That's a great question, Patrick. Gotta be, because I think it made like $10 million in the US. Wow. That's very low. <laughs> Patrick, we should explain unfinished business. Okay. Yeah, let's explain it before I say the tidbit that Patrick said that really brought it all together for me. Um, well, you can do that first. So no, no, no. I will I will wait. Um, unfinished business. Uh, oh, gosh. Where do I begin? So much happens. At one point, Patrick went to the bathroom, and I was like, I'm not even going to explain to him what just happened because it's like, I can't. Like, too much just happened. Um, unfinished business about is is about Vince Vaughn, who plays a career salesperson. Um, not the first time we've seen him in this role. Uh, he plays a salesperson in Dilemma. He plays a salesperson in something else that I'm blanking on. Um, but he he's reprising his, his very common role because of who he is. As a salesperson, he works for a big company who is run by a woman named Chuck. And they don't get along. She continues to want more and more money. He doesn't want that. He decides to leave. And who does he take with him? One person that just got laid off because he's old and one person that just went and interviewed for the position. Patrick's laughing. Would you like to explain the joke? I mean, I, 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 his name is Mike Pancake. Like, that is funny to me. I'm sorry that it's lazy. Okay. All right, Dave Franco slays in this. And I will <laughs> I will die on that hill. He absolutely understands the assignment of I, this. I think he's absolutely unhinged in this. Yeah, which I love. I love that. Like, I don't know. That was, like, a really pleasant surprise for me. The Mike Pancake thing, like, okay, it's it's not funny. Okay. But something about it is really charming. And I think part of it is the Dave Franco thing. Like his like his 
the fact that he insists on introducing himself as Mike Pancake to everyone, despite how Vince always says, please don't say your last name. It's going to throw us off for 10 minutes. And every time it does, it throws them off for 10 minutes. I'm sorry. That's funny to me. Like, you know, I'm like, I, I don't want to be all high and mighty over this movie. Like <laughs> a lot of it doesn't work, but I'm sorry. The pancake joke works for me. I, I'm going to do like a 10 minute, like love letter to Dave Franco in this movie in a little bit. So I'm going to save please it. Um, no, I am going to do that. Also, to to um, clarify from earlier, to fact check, technically, um, other than the indie movies, Freaky made less money than Unfinished Business, but Freaky oh, was wow. also released in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, true. <laughs> so yeah, okay, it made like one do? million dollars less. Than, like, <laughs> like exactly. Yeah, can you really consider something during the pandemic a wide release? Like, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> wide to who? Um, anyways, so he, he decides to embark on a new adventure and start a sales company of his own with one old guy and one young Mike Pancake. And he goes to um, extreme lengths to try and get this firm off the ground. And one of those things is um, by flying to Berlin and going on a week of crazy, I can't even begin to describe it, sexapades <laughs> and excapades, um, where he tries to get this deal done, and then there's loosely a plot line of very there's very loosely a plot line of his um, child who is dealing with some severe bullying, and his other child who is a severe bully, and um, how he has to balance life on the go as a salesman, and also as a parent if the plot synopsis is boring that's because <laughs> the execution was even more boring yeah i gotta say you were like i i, I re-watched this movie this morning hadn't seen it since uh early 2015 in a fox screening room um was it just like chirping like was it just like crickets? I, think it was, I think it was like me and one other person in <laughs> oh god <laughs> like when patrick and i do that in our living room like we can talk and laugh about it but like if you are at work and watching Hello. this with one other person that's that's i would just like I curl up and, me die. and like a kid on work experience oh, gosh. <laughs> um but uh i remember the kid on work experience got really into like working on his own because it was like the first film he's ever worked Aww. on and so he and he was he was uh from the u.s i just remember him being like Unfinished business. That's my movie. I want to come work for Fox on work experience. I, I have experience. I work in arts marketing. Oh my God. Um, but, uh, am I doing an okay job? Everyone are describing this so there's, far. There's, okay. Like, what do you, just, want? Like, you, you've done a great job because what you've done, like, you describing it has really just reopened <laughs> my just hatred <laughs> on this movie and i and to be honest i watched it this morning pretty like passively i was like okay this thing and then you just describing it it's just reminded me of just like everything that's in this movie that is just so lazy and yeah. so dull it is maybe the laziest movie i've like pretty... ever seen this um... movie like starts in the middle of a scene yeah <laughs> like, yes. like, that's I, the movie started and i was just like oh so so we're going are we and, yeah. and then about 15 minutes later it decides to do like a character introduction sequence yeah. <laughs> like this could have been better up top it's funny, like, I remember thinking this when working on it. I was like, this is the weirdest cast. It is. It's a, a very weird cast. And it's also, like, a cast... I don't completely understand what attracted this cast to this movie. Uh, I would say money, but it doesn't seem like they had much. Oh, I, like... 
I can't remember. But like even like money wise, how much are you paying Tom Wilkinson? How much <laughs> yeah. are you paying like Nick Frost? Like I, it blows my mind that like Sienna Miller <laughs> is like the villain in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I kind of forgot James Marsden James- was in it until you literally just pulled up his picture. James- what a fever dream. James Marsden's in it for like two scenes. Yeah, and James Marsden. It can be hysterical. Oh yeah, I love him. Nothing to do here. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I agree. I love James Marsden. I think he's really talented. Beyond like similar to that, like just plays the wife effect. I feel like James Marsden just plays the pretty boy effect, and yeah. like, um, he he's capable of so much more than that. And it's always a bummer to see people not use him to his full potential. And yeah, he's like absolutely not used to to his full potential in this. Is anybody used to their? Full I mean, yeah, no. That's that. Absolutely, yeah. They are not used to their full full potential nobody so i mean like the the funniest joke that like nick frost is a part of is the fact that he has a really big penis like that's the big that's the big joke you know that he yeah, gets. i went to the so bathroom usually the opposite is the big joke <laughs> <laughs> i went to the bathroom and i said what did i miss and patrick just went <sighs> nick frost has a really big penis and vince was hyping him up about it and i was like okay <laughs> Guess I chose a you good time. You didn't want to rewind for that? Yeah. No, I had seen it. Don't get me wrong. I see because he went to the bathroom when everybody put their dicks through holes in the Berlin club scene. So I had gotten just enough of Nick Frost's penis as I could bear. I'm glad I, I missed more. So I'm sorry, just to trail back, I, I was just doing um some some little extra research on the wikipedia page where all the best research is done of course um i did not realize that the trailer i was talking about set to like a boss was actually the film super bowl spot <gasps> oh my god oh my god <laughs> we have to watch this when this wraps up so... wow <laughs> An advertisement for the film was released during the Super Bowl that showed a montage of scenes set to the song Like a Boss. Oh my <laughs> I god. Mean, I really don't know what they were thinking was going to happen with this. Oh. The fact that this movie had a Super Bowl spot. Yeah, so they had some money to spend. Wow. So was the American trailer also set to Like a Boss? Or I did guess, they yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay, guess they wow. did it both ways. Wow. That's fascinating to me. Very fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> what is I don't, yeah, what is there to say? I mean, this is the, the question that plagues Patrick, Patrick and I every single time we pick up this microphone to record. Um, there just gets to be less and less to compliment and more and more to be negative about, but we don't like to come on here and be negative every week. Like I said, I'm not trying to be holier than thou over this movie that like clearly does not work and nobody likes. And, you know, the Mike Pancake thing, I thought that was funny. There's a bunch of jokes in this movie. I thought like for, for the first like 10 minutes, I left a couple times and I was like, oh, no, like if I find this funny, I'm not gonna be able to live with myself. Yeah, I can objectively say like I'm a pretty tough critic when it comes to laughing. This movie made me laugh. This movie was really, like, I found it really funny. It was very up my alley of humor. But the plot stunk. The character development stunk. What I, I asked Taylor in, in the middle of the movie, and, and Jack, you can speak to this as well. And I said, how do you reconcile with yourself when um, the script is so flat and so, and so plain and so whatever – 
but the jokes are funny. The punch-ups are funny. And Taylor's response was, well, that's probably just two different people. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, it's like I told Patrick, it's two different people getting two different paychecks. And one of them is better at their job than the other. And I think that's exactly what it boils down to. The one guy gets the writing credit and there's probably some punch-ups that happen at some point in there. And the punch-ups, I think, were kind of funny. Um, and so, yeah, it gave me a decent amount of laughs. But, but boy, was it um, – it was not worth it, I don't think. Well, yeah, if you look at what this uh, writer Stephen Conrad has done before Unfinished Business, it's like um, the Nicolas Cage movie The Weatherman – Will Smith's The Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> ben Stiller's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, hold on. Gonna... I saw on film Twitter the other day, it was like, what is what was like the like the greatest movie in like cinematic history you've ever seen? And someone said The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I mean, are they wrong? He also made Wonder, wrote, wrote Wonder. Remember yeah. Wonder from 2017? Uh, I remember. He tells me he it. didn't write the jokes of these mo- this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Not. <laughs> exactly. I wonder if he like wrote like um, like a serious drama. <laughs> Someone was I like. Know, well, but then I have to think about like, surely they didn't give the punch up guy enough freedom to just like have a dick club scene. So I don't think he, I think he wrote, I think he wrote a cheap comedy and no offense no offense i like the pursuit of happiness yeah so do i or at least i did when i was a kid i haven't rewatched in years i mean no i'm sorry i'm serious like i i haven't seen it literally since i was a child um but i loved it then um i think he wrote a pretty a a pretty lowbrow cheap dramatic comedy um as evidenced by stuff like the club scene stuff like the giant hamster ball evidently you know like just stuff like that and then the punch-up guy had a lot of really good one-liners to me i I, this does feel like a script by two people because i will say like so many of the set pieces feel completely out of line with the rest of the movie yes like Like, the car crash the car crash is a big one for me um i mean like the clubbing stuff the slapping stuff yeah um all just feels like um oh we don't really know what to do it's not really about business anymore so let's just um uh the, the stuff with the with everything with tom wilkinson's character feels like yeah, very bizarre. and then um and then like i feel like the main like thrust of this movie is there's a it's it's like the myth of the american salesman you know um there's a guy and he's trying to do right by his family and he he runs he 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 <laughs> runs a marathon <laughs> yeah i mean it, even like the hotel stuff the hotel stuff is actually my favorite part of the movie uh, yeah i actually so i actually think the hotel thing is pretty funny because i have been seeing all over tiktok there is a similar to this i can't remember where it is or under what guise it is i don't think it's like art but there is a room in a hotel lobby that is all glass windows around it and you can stay in it for one night for free anytime Mm. you want you have to sign up to to stay there and that reminded me of this um and i i actually think that like that like working piece of art thing is like a really clever and like i can see other places actually doing that like like legitimately um 
So I, I think that that worked, but like, the, yeah, there were so many other things, like you said, the car crash and, you know, they just were like, what? Like, it was just a lot of nudity. And I can never think of Vince Vaughn and nudity in the same way after listening to the Wedding Crashers commentary when they spent 10 <laughs> minutes going, yeah, Owen and I were constantly late for work, but if there's going to be titties on set, we're going to get there early. And so I just like cannot... I cannot think of nudity in them. So I guess they were probably late to the dick scene. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it just... But early to that spritzing oh. scene. Yeah, very early. I think they slept overnight in their fucking trailer. It just, oh, I don't know. I, the, yeah. I, I On that hotel thing, I would have rather that be the main thrust of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was the most interesting. It was, I mean, I, it, I, I and it hated... also gave you like your first like actual inkling into like who he is beyond just like this like shallow person. Um, mm. like it was actually a really good vehicle for that. It was. It was really nice. And like, I mean, I hate the idea that like he checks in there and doesn't realize that it's that because, come on, yeah. <laughs> you're a person you can look at the walls yeah you can see that this is not a hotel yeah um but um yeah i thought that was kind of like the most interesting like oh look this is something that i mean i feel like i've seen in an episode of the simpsons or something like that before but um it's yeah i i was suddenly like i want to see this movie like this human zoo movie True. <laughs> where people just go and watch that and not this business drama yeah there are like um it's it's weird and i felt this while watching it like there's a good movie in here i think um it's a good episode of the office of the office (laughs) yeah that's probably a better way to put it but there's there's something good in here whatever it is you know and there are enough money jokes and there are enough um interesting moments that you go like they were kind of on to something but then also you're right like there's just this what's up with that thing and his kid that's shoved throughout the entire movie why do some scenes start in the middle right um why are there many scenes that go nowhere for for just the punchline that isn't even really that funny why is there why? the constant reminding that his co-worker's wife is leaving him like it's like what like why is the emotional resolution in the credits <laughs> exactly exactly so you go like they kind of like i think that they had it in their head um but yeah it just it did not it did not come out and um this is definitely a very um uh what a ceremonious way to end our our big comedy run on this show. And I, ju- I just want to say one more thing about the art installation is I love the idea. And I think that this like could have worked really well if they had like really nurtured this idea, which is like the American businessman 42. Um, like as someone who works in social media and like marketing, it's the funniest things that kind of go viral. And I think, you know, word, like word of mouth is a real thing. And I think it's really, it is an interesting concept that this man stays at this hotel and gains local fame. Like, I think that that is a realistic quirky thing that makes the human race like so interesting that people just like, 
latch on to these little nuggets for a small period of time and then engage in a shared experience. Um, and so like, I liked when, you know, everybody was rooting for American businessman 42 in the marathon. Like for me, that didn't seem out of place because I like sympathize with that shared experience, but like then the way they go about it, it's just like so stupid. And then he gets like literally shot in like a, like a, um, what is it like a protest? Like, just yeah. like what the fuck is going on? They also just unceremoniously end the uh, hotel room thing just by being yeah. like, like, you have to leave. You have no more money. <laughs> just yeah. again, it feels like someone wrote this in in like a five minute segment. Like, oh yeah, we'll just put this bit in. Um, we have no real way to wrap it up. So uh, he just gets chucked out. There are movies that answer less questions than this movie did and are better. It feels mm. like they were they put a lot of emphasis on answering questions that didn't need to be answered and leaving the big ones unanswered. Like we didn't need to know what happened with like him checking out. We know he's going home, you know, <laughs> but we spend 5 minutes on that when we could be spending 5 minutes on something like way more important. Like why his daughter is a crazy bitch and just fights people. <laughs> But. I I really hated that moment as well where he has like the call with his daughter telling her like oh you know people hate bullies they're unloved because he thinks she's the one who's being bullied yeah um and I was just like we know how this is going to resolve yeah no, we're not sitting here being like yeah yeah we know she's the bully we we can guess that from the way this movie is going like it's just it's 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 just the jokes for me in this are so like far out like or left field that they're not funny because they're just so out of place or they're so obvious that they don't make me laugh either which like <laughs> that's kind of my point of like i found this movie funny is like my favorite kind of humor is the stuff that just catches me totally off guard like congrats like you didn't try and get me to laugh you just did it like doing something like crazy and outlandish and i think that they do that really well in this movie which is why i thought it was funny and like i mm. regret to say that i enjoyed myself for a lot of it um but it's still like that doesn't make you a skilled like comedian <laughs> i don't know i think it's really funny when dave franco goes guys i lost my virginity twice don't you think that's a funny joke taylor i do i do <laughs> um I, I, see, I, I have a problem with the whole Dave Franco thing in the sense of what he is playing it as. Yes. 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 <laughs> when he, it, it all, your thoughts on, so, okay. I would like to preface this with, I, I am still going to do my love letter to James Franco. <laughs> Dave Franco, don't do a love letter to James Franco. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Dave Franco. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, not, definitely not James Franco. Nobody's writing a love letter to James Franco anymore. Um, but yes. We would be remiss to say that the way in which we watched Dave Franco in this movie changed when he said, I live in a home where they teach me to iron my clothes with other guys. Especially and Patrick when you're and I looked to the other guys. Yeah. And Patrick and I looked at each other and we were like, we should not have been laughing at any of this. <laughs> um it's but really, it's really upsetting. It is really upsetting. <laughs> Um, but I'm still gonna say why I love him for just a second. Um, I just went on my first work trip this weekend ever. That's what I, you thought I was going to ask you. Yeah. About. I thought you were going to say, have you ever been on a work trip? That's what I, that's what I thought your question was going to be. Um, 
I went on my first work trip ever this weekend. Um, I went to New York City and I went to an arts marketing conference that I have always wanted to go to, but never thought I was ever going to get to go to. It was like my long-term career goal to go. And I got to go in like the first year of my career, which was really exciting. And I started getting made fun of by my boss like the last week because I was like insufferable. Um, just being like, so like, like, like $30 a day for food. And like, she was just like, "Uh uh-huh. And then I would be like, um, and, and, and the hotel, like I was just like insufferable. I was so fucking excited. And I literally felt like James Franco when like, he's just (laughs) like, I'm dead serious. Like I had a lot of empathy for him when he was like, so excited about this work trap trip that seems cavalier to other people. Like my boss could have come with me to this work trip. She did not feel the need to, she did not feel like, you know, she, she wanted to go to it. That's fine. But like, I couldn't imagine anyone wanting to miss out on this opportunity because it's the coolest thing I had ever done in my life. And so like, I really like empathized and I feel like he captured that innocence so perfect perfectly albeit obviously that innocence was coming from a part of the script I had not gotten to yet um but I was like oh like that's literally like in my last work meeting before I went on this trip um my boss like was in front of like my entire team was like Taylor's really excited to go to this work trip Taylor do you want to tell everybody how excited you are about this work trip and I was like uh-huh um and I'm gonna go back to, on, to work tomorrow and I'm gonna be like guys I had the best time and like I'm gonna be like Dave Franco um again I did not know what I know now <laughs> um but I still found a sliver of humanity in that performance um even if maybe I shouldn't have it's the kind of joke that um they stopped trying to put in movies around 2015 yeah. because they have to like trick you into laughing at it which they did in this movie like you know 2003 movies would just make fun of him yeah. openly and, and probably use an arsler oh yeah for sure you know i'm amazed this film doesn't to be honest. yeah exactly yeah. and then by the time you get to you know 2015 it's like they kind of sneak it in there and you're like "Ooh, yeah that no no no, no. i thought he was just like an excitable like puppy like sure he's you know not very smart but and like you just think it's like oh like he's just And the movie would have been better without that because then he would have just been a little puppy dog, you know, and said they had to like upset all of us. Yeah. So it's it's funny you you tell your story about the white trip because it just made me wonder like, why why did Tom Wilkinson and Dave Franco go on this trip? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I thought that as well. Dude, he didn't need them at all. No. Like he's like got them to do numbers. Like you can do that at home. Yeah, your your business is in financial crisis, and you're flying free guys. I thought that as well. <laughs> like Chuck then, went alone. Where yeah. was Chuck's team? Chuck was savvy, so maybe that's why Chuck has money. This is, um, yeah, this is why this business is failing. Yeah, exactly. It, he's a bad businessman. Also, um, like the scene in which, for no reason. Vince Vaughn faints in a meeting. It's because it's it was to tie in the literal one line where his wife says, like, if you don't eat breakfast, it can cause fainting in men. And I was like, wow, that's the thing we had to come back to? Like, what the fuck? I do not fuck? remember that. And I do not eat breakfast a lot, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was stupid. Like, it was literally, like, a, a literal one-liner that was stupid and throwaway, and they felt the need to bring it back. 
And then he hands the meeting over to Dave Franco and not Tom Wilkinson, who's just sitting there. I know that he, he had this like constant investment in in Mike Pancake, and I didn't understand why because like he would give him compliments like occasionally, but he also like disdained him. I feel like for most of the movie, and so it was like why. Um, like, why do you continue to give him more and more, like, opportunities? Like, I guess to build him up, but, like, that was not clear in any of the rest of the movie. Um, so, so yeah, very bizarre, but it also was like, aww. <laughs> but then at the end, they undersell it again by just, like, they're walking into the meeting and, like, only one of you can go, and Vince Vaughn is like, Mike, it's gotta be you. And then he's like, just kidding. I know! Uh, okay, I was like, why did he do that? Because I thought it was gonna be Mike. Like, I thought it was for real gonna be Mike. Why Would've was been that the funniest scene in the movie? <laughs> why, like, why was that even a joke? It's like it literally undermines every single part of the progression we've had in the entire film so far. I shouldn't even call it a film. This movie so far, um, like, is you know that that Vince Vaughn has a sweet spot for Mike, and then we have this moment, and I was like, oh wow, like Mike's gonna go kill it, and he was like, just fucking with you i'm gonna go and it's like oh okay um it does so- feel like a lot of moments like that were just like not really jokes it was just sort of like saying something to add to the running time yeah it's so weird 91 minutes and it felt so much longer than that i was so um, glad this is 91 minutes it was just uh <laughs> yeah i don't know here's- I-, I didn't dislike it <laughs> but it was not a good movie objectively here's my final thought on it and um this whole time I keep a, a private letterbox list ranking all these movies because when it's all said and done, we will do some sort of ranking somewhere, probably on, on the show. And um, and I've never mentioned the rankings before because I don't want to spoil anything because Taylor and I are keeping them separate from each other. However, I think that this one is important to say that we have watched 31 Vince Vaughn movies and I have this one 26th. So it's not it's not quite the worst. But uh, it's down. I can imagine what some of the worst are. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty. Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I've, I'm just looking at Mr. Vaughn's lustrous career, <laughs> and um, it's definitely got to be one of the worst for me. I feel. <laughs> like, especially you with such a rich history behind this film. Um, such a rich history. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can see. I'm probably the person who had the richest history of this yeah, film. Yeah, probably. In the world. You probably have a more rich history of this film than Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I, I probably remember more of this movie than Vince Vaughn. Oh, was. absolutely, you do. <laughs> That's, you know, we started watching um, True Detective because we said we're not going to mm. do a ton of TV um, on this show, but like True Detective, he's in the entire second season. We felt like it was worthy of an episode. Right. And um, we've started watching it. And it's it'll be next week's episode for those listening to this. And we were like, or I don't want to say we, I was like, oh, like he he was over it too. Like you can see in the last couple comedies, he hasn't really cared a ton. And um, there's been a little phoning it in. And um, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say. I think he probably admit that himself, right? And then you watch True Detective and, and we're going to end up watching um, – some more of these um, kind of indie dramas coming up, uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99, you know, Dragged Across Concrete, things like that. You go like, oh, he didn't want to do this movie either. And um, and you can see in True Detective, he's like, give it a shit, you know. And so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this next, the next wave, because the comedy thing 
I'm over it. I'm like a little scared about coming back to them for the Christmas episode, if I'm being honest. No, I I would say I'm actually like looking forward to coming back to them for the Christmas episode. Because one, we have watched four Christmases before and we enjoyed it, I think. So that's, I think, going to be actually fun. And Fred Claus we've seen and like enjoyed. Um, But for me, like, I think while, yes, this is a necessary tonal shift that he's entering and he is going to start giving a shit and like I'm excited for that content. I think that these movies also just separately tend to be a lot heavier. And so I think that the the comedic break for Christmas will be welcome. Mm. It is a wild career post this, just looking at what's, what you guys have got coming up. Yeah. Also, I, okay, sue me, but I think Christmas movies also should just be kind of geeky and dorky and cute. So, you know, I, like I'm never... I can shit on... Um, what was it? What was that Justin Long movie? A Case of You. I can shit on A Case of You because it's just another rom-com. But Four Christmases, like, yeah, eh, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, is it great? Probably not. But is it fun and does it bring me glee and joy? Yes. So I'm looking forward to the Christmas movies. I'm also just separately looking forward to Christmas and my birthday. It's funny. <laughs> I can be very easygoing on, like, uh, a bad Christmas movie. Like, I watched all of the um the princess switch movies last year and that that kind of stuff over christmas <laughs> the and what the princess switch starring vanessa hudgens and vanessa hudgens as <laughs> oh, a regular I'm not girl familiar with this <laughs> as a regular girl stacy de novo baker who goes to a fictional uh, country and finds out that the princess of that fictional country looks exactly like her and they switch places and wow, boy i, I tell that. you the second one gets even crazier than that. And then wow. there's a third. Did you market that one too? <laughs> I wish I did. I wish. I did a big Twitter thread about it when the trailer came out and someone got angry with me because I made this film sound too good than it actually was. That is <laughs> so then... funny. So you know how you have like actors and actresses that for literally no explainable reason you just like hate with every fiber of your being? For Not me. Vanessa. So for so hear me out. When I was, I'm sorry, I had it spoiled for me. She plays a third character in the second movie, and the third character. I'm not gonna lie, my big movie crush at the moment. <laughs> not the first, not the second, but the third. That's Fiona, so Fiona, she's got the mean edge, and I like it. Oh wow. <laughs> um, I so I did not like. I so okay to out myself a little bit as a as a childhood pick me. I organically, just on my own, did not like High School Musical. I didn't think that disliking High School Musical was going to be as much of a character trait as it became, but it did, because I realized very quickly I was the only person in the entire world who didn't like High School Musical. So I decided to remind every single person I had ever met that I was really cool and didn't like High School Musical. And so that kind of snowballed into like a disdain towards Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron and just being like, oh, I just like real film. Like I watch Little Miss Sunshine, not High School Musical, oh even God, though I'm rotting so my brain like because I'm 10 me. years old and shouldn't watch this shit. Um, and yeah, so... I will say, as an adult, I don't nearly have like I like I I don't I don't dislike her sneaker night. I mean, one of the best songs of the Y two K generation. Um, have you ever heard sneaker night? 
I have not heard Sneaker Night. Okay, you have to listen to Sneaker Night. It's so good. Listen, Watch the music video. Um, The Sneaker Night music video was a cultural reset, and I will die on that hill. Um, But yeah, I don't dislike her anymore. That was a phase in my life that I'm not proud of. Um, Dakota Fanning, on the other hand, I fucking hate that bitch. I can't tell you why. (laughs) I literally can't tell you why, but I I do not watch Dakota Fanning movies. (laughs) I literally cannot tell you why. It's so funny. I had the same thing when I was a kid, but about Adam Sandler, and then I hosted an Adam Sandler podcast. That's so, so funny. I feel like you should start up a Vanessa Hudgens podcast. Oh gosh, I don't know if I can do that. Or a Dakota Fanning podcast. <laughs> no, I would not. I literally would not. It's just my lifelong. Like I'm never gonna come around on it. I've just decided. Like it's gone for so long at this point. I can't come around on it. Um, I think it. I was she in Bridge to Terabithia. No, that's Anna Sophia Robb. Oh, okay. No, I like her. But, okay, I can't remember what it was, but there was a catalyst to the Dakota Fanning hate, and I can't remember what it was. The cat in the hat? I didn't. I don't think I watched the cat in the, the hat. The catalyst in the hatalist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, we've come to that time. Jack, where can uh, people find you online? Uh, you can follow me on... Uh, Instagram and Letterboxd and Elon Musk's Twitter at JFG in Digital 3D. I thought it was funny in 2010 and don't think it's funny anymore. Um, <laughs> but I'm stuck with that handle. <laughs> um, and otherwise, yeah, f- um, like, you know, yeah, follow me. Uh, I, uh, I'm vaguely interesting. Yes, please go follow Jack. He did a podcast, like you said, all about Adam Sandler that you can listen to. Yeah. Um, 54 where- episodes, tree ha- Truly Happily Madison, out now. Wonderful. <laughs> Is it where every, everywhere you can find podcasts? Everywhere you can, everywhere find, you can find podcasts. Go listen to it. Um, you can obviously find us. We are the Vince Vonathon. You can find us everywhere you find podcasts, but you can also find us on FeaturePresentationVideo.com, which is the home for all of our content beyond the Vonathon. You can find Y2Kids, where we talk about everything that we love to watch between 1995 and 2005 and we are revisiting them and eating in nostalgic nostalgic snacks reading books etc and you can find our site site only feature presentation video.com podcast that is not available everywhere it's only on our site and we have a very exciting episode going up this week about almost famous in the new broadway musical by the time you listen to this it will have already been up uh, great uh, yeah, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Go there, put in your email address. That's where you can you can get all of our stuff. We'll send it to you uh, for free. No paywall, of course. The show, you can find it at Vonathon on Twitter. You can also, if you'd like to email us, uh, VinceVonathon at gmail.com. I am Patrick J. Regal, everywhere you find people online. I am Taylor Malone on Letterboxd and Mailer Talone on Twitter. Uh, next week, like I said, True Detective. That'll be a very interesting episode. Jack, thank you for coming on a not-so-interesting episode. And making it uh, interesting. I was hoping I, I, it, it felt interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, Billy really wanted to come on this episode. Oh, Billy. Oh, I almost forgot to mention Billy's sexual awakening. I wasn't going to do her like that, but yes. Uh, you can, I mean, you can. Well, okay, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Listen to <laughs> I, our last I, I episode if you I, haven't. I, I got a lot of love for Billy, so um, uh, you guys should have had her. I'm sure she would have had far more interesting stuff to say than I would. She gave us plenty in our last episode when she told us about her sexual awakening in this movie, so you'll have to listen to that episode to know what she's talking about. (laughs) Uh, Next week, True Detective. We will see you guys then. 
See you then.